let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me. My time is now. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Mansell. I am your host, and I'm joined in this episode by co-host Leah. Hello. You're back. I'm back. Back with a vengeance. Nailed the intro. Well, you know, it took me a couple of takes off camera. Not that you guys would have heard those. <laughs> yeah, slightly different camera setup um, for those of you watching this episode. And it kind of threw me off when I looked at the oh, camera because okay. it's slightly more to the left yeah. than normal. So I had to twist a bit. And I think the twist the just kind of right. fucked the intro <laughs> up. But we, <laughs> we, we, we made it. Uh, listen, before we get into this show, uh, we're coming towards the end of the year. Yeah. And uh, I'm preparing for my Christmas party speech. Oh, boy. <laughs> the infamous. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be short this year. Yeah, short, sure. Short this year. <laughs> um, and uh, I had a quick look at uh, how this podcast has performed this year because last year this podcast went like stratospheric. Is that, is that the word? Is that the word? Went into the stratosphere. You know what I'm trying to say. It took off like a fucking rocket. Uh, really good year for this uh, for this podcast in 2020. And uh, I had a look at this year, and we are very quickly approaching a million listens. Wow! Of this podcast this year. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because that is 100 uh, percent on each and every one of you who take the time to share this podcast, whether it's person to person. So many Instagram story tags. As a matter of fact, um, you got tag- I saw you got tagged in a couple of them. Spotify have done that uh, wrap up that they do every year. Oh yeah, they did cool. the 2021 wrap up, yeah. and uh, as part of that wrap up, it's showing people like their top podcasts yeah, that they listen yeah, to yeah, through yeah. Spotify. Um, and most of our most of our listeners come through iTunes, but I got tagged in so many of Spotify those Spotify ones. Yeah, That's Spotify wild. like being in the top five of people Spotify and people sharing and that tagging. Very and, very cool. Yeah, so I just wanted to say you know before we even get into this episode, thank you guys yes. so much for yeah, for thanks. listening, for sharing, for spreading the good word of this podcast. Uh, you know, it it continuously humbles the fuck out of Blows me. my mind. In <laughs> fact, that's a good that's a good segue into a positive. Well, I, think I, should, I think I should actually leave this chair because I don't feel like <laughs> I don't think like you're worthy of that many listens. That's uh, I know it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, but thank you guys. I just want to start the episode with that. Uh, imposter syndrome is the uh, the title of this episode. A little bit of background to how we ended up here. I do my uh, weekend Q&A on my Instagram story, which those of you who follow me on Instagram, you guys already know. Those of you who don't, uh, you, you should follow me on Instagram, at Joseph Medsell and Leah as well, at Leah Medsell. Uh, every weekend I put up a, uh, a weekend Q&A and it's an ask me anything question box on Instagram and I get, you know, always hundreds of questions. A lot of them are supplement related as you would expect and fitness related. But every now and again, I get uh, a little bit of a deeper question. And last weekend, I got a question about imposter syndrome. And the question was, uh, do you experience imposter syndrome and how do you deal with it? And I answered the question and I said, yeah, I experience it a lot, like very, very frequently. And, um, and then I went on to give my practical advice on how to deal with imposter syndrome and posted that as the answer to that question. And I had 
I kid you not, there were there must have been hundreds of replies to that uh, question response. People saying there were two two main replies. The first one was. I did not expect you to experience imposter syndrome. Like really? people surprised that I experienced okay. it. Yeah. And then the second one was, thank you so much. I experience this all the time. And thank you for providing advice on how to deal with it because I got no fucking idea how to deal with it. And because I had so many responses to my answer to that question, I was like, this has to be a podcast yeah. topic because, you know, if, if just through that question, I was able to help hundreds of people, uh, the platform of this podcast, we're going to help thousands of you guys. Yeah. For sure. So, imposter syndrome. What it is imposter syndrome? Let's start there, Leah. Yeah. Well, my understanding of imposter syndrome is it's uh, a sense of like not belonging, like not not a sense of self doubt broadly, but not feeling like you are uh, entitled to your kind of accolades and achievements. Yeah, accomplishments. really. Yeah, your accomplishments. Sort of feeling like. Feeling like a fraud, feeling like an imposter in in you know whatever it is, um, and and it can it can fit many realms. Like a lot of people feel it in in business a lot. You know that's probably the most common one. People in their in in business in their roles um, in their employment in their career in their career yeah what, what they're doing um, career wise people experience a lot. But you can also experience it um, in in sport. You know, uh, you can experience it in sport. You can experience it in relationships as well, which is an interesting one. Um, we might touch on that a little bit later. But, yeah, it's just a feeling of – of uh, it's, it's, it's the feeling of self-doubt, but also with that um, it's not solely self-doubt. It's like self-doubt with this underlying uh, fear that you're going to kind of get caught out for – Exposed. Yeah. Yeah. It's for bizarre. For being the fraud but it, yeah, and the imposter thing. that you are. It's like you, you, it's like you feel like someone's just going to burst into the room and be like, you're a fake. <laughs> yeah. that's No, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's like self-doubt uh, on steroids. Yeah. With like a fear like really bubbling underneath it. Yeah. With an underlying, I'm going to be exposed. Someone's going to come and pull the curtain back. Yeah. And, and the true person that I am who is not worthy of these achievements and not worthy of these accolades is going to be right there, butt naked for everyone yeah. to see. And it's the fear that's associated with that exposure of your fraud mm. effectively. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you say that for a lot of people it, it uh, occurs in the workplace because I did a little bit of research on, uh, on imposter syndrome just to kind of clarify my understanding of it. And I came across uh, this study that pointed out that 64% of people in the workplace will experience imposter mm. syndrome at some point in time in their career. Yeah, yeah. I read so, something similar and it was like, yeah, 70%. Like, like every two out of three people. It's pretty much yep. two out of three yeah. will experience imposter syndrome, which tells me straight away that uh, most of you guys listening right now, if you haven't experienced it up until this point in time, you definitely will. Uh, so what we're about to go through in this podcast is either going to be super valuable to you right now or will be in the future, no doubt. Um, the other thing about imposter syndrome, just to add to your definition there, is that it's very common amongst high achievers. 
It's very common again uh, amongst people with high ambitions. Touche, yep. Which uh, are most of the listeners of this show. Yeah. Straight up. That's yep. why you're listening to this podcast because you're trying to get shit done. You've got you've got big ambitions and you're trying to make those ambitions come to come to life. I think um, two two people that are famously known for for suffering from from this phenomenon. Um, one of them is Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. You know, always was like what you know what's so special about what i'm doing yeah. you know anyone can kind of do it mm. and maya angelo was another one isn't it funny that you say that yeah. because in the head office here at mjhq um you guys may have seen this in the background of instagram stories but we have these uh prints we have these canvas prints there's 10 canvas prints 11 actually there's 11 canvas prints around the office at mjhq and the canvas prints have uh, someone's face on there and then a quote that they are famous for. And two of those prints are Albert Einstein there you go. and Maya Angelou. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're surrounded so, uh, by imposter syndrome yeah. advocates. Under, uh, yeah, after one of her many books, um, yeah. she yeah was quoted sort of saying, I think it was after like her 11th or something. So anyone who doesn't know who Maya Angelou is, a great poet, storyteller, writer. Yeah. Um, uh, and she was quoted to say something along the lines of, um, you know, I just, you know, I'm going to get found out if people are going to kind of realize that I've been, when are people going to realize I've been like running a game, I think was kind of along the lines of what she said. So, yeah. That's not the quote we have on the wall here. No, that's not. Nothing works unless you do is the quote that we have. Um, I think the other thing is along with the underlying tone of you're going to be caught out is also this underlying tone of you write off your accomplishments and your successes to either good timing Mm. or good luck. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not related to your work or your skill set or your abilities. There's something outside of your realm of control and that's kind of what you pin your successes on. You know, that's why I was able to achieve this. That's why I've had this success, not because of who I am, what I do and my abilities, but because I was in the right place at the right time. I had a stroke of good luck and the shit's not going to happen again. <laughs> and someone's going to find out. Honestly, it's pretty much like how I tell a lot of a lot of stories when people ask me about, you know, stuff I've done in the past. I always kind of start with like, well, I was, I was really lucky. You know, I was really lucky and, you know, this person just happened to be there that night and this person just happened to be there when I was, you know, playing that game or having that conversation and, yeah, you do. You I do put exactly it, the same thing. When I tell this, my, my business story, which I do, you know, frequently now, it's always about I was I was in the right place at the right time and I fucking was. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. but then it's about dissociate. Now, we'll get, we'll get into that about how to deal with the imposter syndrome a little bit later. This is just a definition. Um, the other thing that I came across in my research is that it has spiked over the last couple of years during the pandemic. Really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I yep. hadn't yep. Yeah, figured The occurrence that. of imposter syndrome, however they measure it, uh, has spiked over the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, that 64% of the workplace is probably up into the 70s now, I would imagine, um, due to the pressures of the, the pandemic. And I guess the, you know, I was the one that said it, the exposure pandemic. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's exposing all of our uh, imposter syndrome tendencies as well. All right, so... That's generally, you know, what we're dealing with when it comes to imposter syndrome. How do you know when you experience it and how does it manifest? Or perhaps how has it manifested in you in the past? If you can think of like some different examples of like what it, you know, how it has kind of reared its head in different areas of your life. 
But I, my whole life is just one big imposter syndrome. <laughs> oh, if we're being completely, uh, completely you experience honest. experience it right it. now, right here. I, I said before when you, uh, about sitting in this chair, like, I, yeah, I definitely don't feel like I need to be sitting here. But um, look, like I've, I've experienced it throughout my life, throughout my life, um, you know, and, and it, it just manifests as a lot of, a lot of like different talk in your mind. So, um, you know, with, with making certain sporting teams, for instance, you know, it, it kind of sounds like in your self-talk, it sounds like, you know, I'm only here because, you know, so-and-so got injured or I'm only here because, you know, I'm, you know, the coach likes me or, um, yeah, it, it, that's the, the sporting thing. And then, you know, um, I, I experience it, you know, this is, this is, this is pretty real and raw, but I experience it, you know, in my career now. Um, and it, it sounds a lot like, you know, you're only where you are because you're Joe's sister or, you know, um, you, you know, you're only where you are because you've, you know, been doing it for, I don't know, a certain amount of time or, or that kind of thing. So yeah, no, I've, I've experienced it through and through. Mm, definitely. For me, it's, um, you know, the, the, I guess the two main areas of my life, uh, professionally in, in fitness and business are where, uh, where it pops up time and time again, particularly in business. Um, but in fitness as well, you know, my kind of fitness achievements and my fitness accolades, the self-talk in my mind comes back to, well, you know what, you got pretty good genetics, you know, like you were, you were kind of, you were given a gift, um, you know, to be able to do well in physique based sports. Um, you know, even turning pro in 2017, you know, I was in the right place at the right time. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I, I caught a particular judge's eye. Uh, I, you know, all that, all those sorts of like good luck things that aren't actually related to the fact that, you know what, by 2017, I'd been competing for fucking 13 years. I'd done 23 shows. I'd put in the fucking work. That particular to turn pro that particular weekend, I did four peak weeks back to back to back because I went from federation to show to show to federation. But no, 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 no. Right place at the right time. I think I experienced it the worst. Not that it's a bad thing. So I experienced it the strongest um, in DJing. I think that for me was yeah. that whole that whole ride, that whole wave, that whole sort of like seven, eight years that I was DJing, I just felt like the whole time I did not belong where I was, mm. you know. Um, I guess w- winning that uh, comp with EMI Music and then sort of, you know, touring with EMI Music along some big names, mm. you know, I, that whole thing, I was just like, I am not meant to be here and someone is going to figure that out really soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird when you're uh, just just on that point. It's weird when you're in the presence of people who you, who you oh, look up to. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Like, yeah. you know, some, who were some of the people that you well, DJ with? Well, yeah, like I was like supporting, you know, Alice in Wonderland for a bunch of her shows. Uh, you know, played all the major festivals. You know, I played on the same set on the same bills as massive names. You know, um, played a opening support yeah you know, ade with david getter and stuff like that. like it's just just huge stuff that i'm like standing there going like this is this is a fluke what am i doing here <laughs> you know yeah. what, what is going on yeah that's um, when it that's when it really like is strongest for me as well it's yeah. like when i'm in the presence of people i look up to like i remember the uh couple of times that i've um trained with ronnie coleman 
Yeah. And I was just like the one the one time that that immediately comes to mind was when I went to Texas and I actually went to Ronnie's house and spent time with Ron and his family and trained in his home gym. And I was the whole time I was just like, what the fuck am yeah. I doing here? Like, yeah. how does yeah. this, man, Ron's gonna find out at some point that I'm that I'm not who he thinks I am and he's gonna kick me the fuck out. <laughs> it, it's actually like it's full of, it's funny to look back in hindsight, like yeah. yeah. I remember being in um, be, being in LA and um, for for a tour with my manager at the time, who was uh, from EMI Music, and that whole experience for me was just like the whole time away was just crazy. Like I was, you know, partying. I was like in hotel room with Empire of the Sun, and you know, I was sitting in a in a meeting at um, at Capitol Records with like someone who had worked with Snoop Dogg and I'm sitting in this chair having a meeting with this dude and my manager and I was like, what, what am I doing here? Yeah. 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 That, for me, that's, it's definitely very prevalent in those sorts of situations yeah. where you're in the presence of these, these people who you're just like, man, these guys are like on a different fucking level. Yeah. You know, they're on a different. And I'm not on that level. And I'm not, I, I'm, I definitely <laughs> do not deserve to be on that level. And one of you motherfuckers is going to expose me at about two seconds yeah. flat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so just back to fitness, you know, that's how it kind of manifests in me. And, and especially like, you know, since I've turned pro, like the number of times that I've tried to make my pro debut, the number of times that I've tried to compete, my inner self-talk is like, well, here you go. You're, you're being exposed because you actually don't deserve to be here. And this is the universe exposing you because you're actually not even going to be able to step on stage next to these guys who you look up to, you know, to, to compete against. So that's kind of how it manifests for me in the fitness space. Uh, in the business space, you know, we mentioned when we talk about like origin stories and that sort of stuff. Uh, for me, it's, it, it always manifests in, I got really lucky. I, once again, was in the right place at the right time. And I'm going to be exposed because I actually don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to build a business. I really have no fucking idea what I'm doing. And right up to this point, I've just fluked everything. And all of my successes have been lucky, right place, right time. And, uh, you know, for me particularly, everything that's happened around the pandemic over the last couple of years has really tested that for me. It's really tested it because now it's like, well, now you got to do real business shit, you know, and, and there's always kind of that imposter syndrome that's kind of floating over my head going, you know, at some point I'm, I'm the, the, the rug's going to be pulled out from underneath me and I'm going to be exposed for getting to this point in my career in business just through sheer luck. And as soon as that luck is taken away, there's actually nothing there to support that. That's kind of how that manifests for me in the, um, in, in the business space. Yeah. Yeah, currently for, for me too, like, you know, I run a retail team of 10, 11, 12 guys at the moment. Mm. And yeah, I kind of sometimes think, have days where I'm like, do, do I know what I'm doing? Like, am I, you know, I got to, I got to run this whole retail team and am I the right person for this job? You know, am I, do I have the experience and, and stuff like that? Um, and then also with the apparel stuff, like designing, I think, I think, in the creative world, I think imposter syndrome comes out a lot. Like I think you find a lot of like a lot of artists, whether it be in music or or you know in any realm of of art. Um, I think they struggle with it a lot because it is really like it's critical. Um, 
there's no like right or wrong. And, you know, with, with fashion design, it's exactly the same thing. Like there's no like that's that's right and that's wrong. It's like it is what it, you've put out there and, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I, I, you know, definitely feel it with the, the design side of things as well. Like is this good enough? Is this up to the standard of the industry I'm trying to, um, you know, trying to play in here? So, mm. yeah, mm. definitely. I think in the um – in the career space as well, uh, a little bit foreign to me because I've always, well, not always, but for the most of my career, I've run my own business mm. or businesses. Uh, in the career space, it, it can manifest a lot of times when you kind of work your way up the ladder mm. of, of a particular business or a particular corporate career and you kind of find yourself in a position that you have objectively earned and you have the skills and the abilities to back it up but you kind of find yourself in this managerial position or you find yourself in this position of authority or you're managing a team of people or you're managing a you know, multi-million, hundred million dollar project or whatever the situation may be. And it's kind of like, once again, how the fuck did I get here? Did I just fluke myself into this position? Was it because I knew somebody who knew somebody or because I'm related to this person who knows this person or whatever the fuck you want to try and justify outside of the fact that you earned the position, you've got the skills, you've got the abilities. That's kind of how it manifests in the, in the career space, you know, especially as you achieve more and more career success and you kind of work your, you work your way up the corporate ladder or the, the business ladder uh, and you kind of find yourself with more and more responsibility often when you don't know how to deal with it yeah and I think that's a common theme you know with imposter syndrome whether it manifests in fitness or business or career is that it's often most intense when shit gets difficult when shit is hard and you start experiencing self-doubt it's very easy for that self-doubt to kind of morph into imposter syndrome uh, and then you start experiencing, you know, these these uh, negative thoughts about uh, the fact that you're going to be exposed and, and, and you flute your way there. That's interesting. Like, I, I mean, I understand. Like, I, I agree with you when you say that you, you get it quite, quite strongly there. But I'm a little bit the opposite. Like, when things are going well is yeah. when I get it the most. Like, when, when things are going really well and, like, I'm just having, you know, success after success yeah. and just riding that wave, I'm like, that's when I experience it. I'm like, this is going to, like, the the card the card house is going to fall down soon. Like, you know, I get really, like, yeah, that's yeah, when I that's experience it. Very true as well. It's funny because we were talking about this um, last night with your fiancé, Tim. Yeah. And Tim, he said the same thing. He did, actually, He yeah, was like, you yeah. know, the one time I experienced it was when I transitioned from uh, uh, physical PT to online PT and the online PT business just fucking exploded. And he was like, I don't deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on? So I think there's, yeah, there is definitely almost on, on opposite ends of the spectrum. Sometimes when shit's really hard and you don't necessarily know how to deal with it, imposter syndrome can, can rear its ugly head down there. And then on the other side of the spectrum, when things are going exceptionally well and you feel like you haven't earned them, that's where it can, can, can rear its head as well on that side. What about relationships? Because you mentioned that at the start. Yeah. I think it can kind of come up in relationships when you feel like um, – when you just feel like someone's out of your league, yeah. really. I think that's probably where people uh, experience it the most um, in that kind of initial stage of, of a relationship when, yeah, when, when someone – you're like, 
when, when someone feels like they're just, yeah, out of your league, I guess there's no other way that I can kind of put yeah. that. Yeah. And how does that manifest? Um, other than just like they're out of my league. Full stop, end of story. <laughs> I guess they're kind of like they're out of my league. Um, they're going to, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, I'm having trouble with that. Why one, are they interested in me? Yeah. Why, what are they, what are they seeing in me? Are they going to find something out about me that they don't like? And then I'm going to be exposed yeah. for the person I really am. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 hundred mm. percent. I experienced that with uh, my wife. Oh, you're now I can, wife. I can yeah. say that now yeah. because uh, from the last episode, uh, now I'm married man. Oh, there you go. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I mean, thank I, you. I knew that sounded of a bit Of course. Like, I was there. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, I didn't realize. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm congratulating you on behalf you were of there. the listeners who would like to also congratulate you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I experienced, I, I, I mean, sometimes I still experience it yeah. with Amy, you know, is like the imposter syndrome, like, you know, out of my league. Uh, you know, I, I don't deserve to be here. Uh, you know, what, what are some things that I'm going to be exposed about? Yeah. I got super lucky, especially the way that we crossed paths and we met was just, mm. you know, statistically impossible for me. Sometimes my mind goes back to that and it's like, fuck, I was really in the right place at the right time in the right headspace. Uh, you know, and, and, and I'm going to be exposed for that at some point. So I think it, you know, it can definitely, uh, come up in relationships not just and and you know what not just like personal romantic relationships but like friendships as well you know in in a, in a similar sort of situation you know you find yourself in a circle of friends uh and for a lot of the listeners who are listening to this podcast we're always trying to get into you know circles that help us level up circles that help us develop certain skills circles that support us uh and allow us to move our lives forward sometimes you find yourself in these circles and you're like fuck I don't deserve to be here. Am I on the level with these people? Yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. These, you know, they're going to find out some shit about me. I'm going to be exposed. I'm going to be kicked out of this fucking circle. So, you know, it definitely comes up in relationships. How do you deal with it? What's your practical and strategic advice yeah. for dealing with this, uh, this imposter syndrome? My first one is to check your self-talk. This is a big one for me, you know, um, and I've, you know, spoken about it in previous episodes before about how important, you know, checking what you're actually saying to yourself is. Um, but huge with this one because, you know, imposterism, your self-talk is always negative. Like we said, what are the kind of things you say to yourself? Like, well, I don't deserve to be here. You know, I've, I've, I fluked this, um, you know, those kind of things. And I think challenging those, that, that self-talk with, uh, positive self-talk and, you know, things that are actual fact and uh, as opposed to just these like fictional things that you're coming up with in your head, I think is a big one. So, you know, um, telling, reminding yourself what you've done to get to where you are, um, reminding yourself that you do deserve to be there, uh, those kind of things I think are super important if you're going to um, challenge this imposter syndrome. Mm. You know what I do one step earlier than that? mm before I even go into like the the checking the self-talk and then the fact-finding evidence that that supports to the contrary. One of the things that that my mind has a tendency to do around imposter syndrome is I'll experience the feeling of imposter syndrome and all of the negative self-talk that goes on around it. And then my brain, my reticular activating system fires up 
and it goes and looks for all of the shit that supports the imposter syndrome. Right, yeah. It goes and looks for all of the times that I've been lucky. It goes and looks for all of the times that I've been in the right place at the right time. It goes and looks for all of the times that I've fluked some shit, you know, because we've all had those those Our nice minds, wins. man. Our minds love to, like, find stuff that supports any thought that they're thinking. A hundred percent. And so it goes and it goes, you know what, you're feeling this way. I'm going to go and find fact, find evidence that supports the way that you're feeling. So my uh, thoughts and my feelings kind of almost layer on top of each other and, and start this snowball effect, uh, which for me is, is very, very difficult to get out of. So the first thing that I do is I separate my thoughts and my feelings. And the way that I do that is I actually lean into the feeling of imposter syndrome. I don't try and support it. I don't try and fight against it. I let my analytical mind just do its thing. Go <laughs> over <laughs> here. <laughs> and I let my emotional mind come in and actually experience the imposter syndrome. And the way that I do that is I'll, I'll physically describe to myself what I'm feeling. Right? So how am I feeling? All right, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. Physically, where do I feel that? Do I feel it in my shoulders? Is it in my traps? Is it in my chest? Is it in my diaphragm? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my legs? Where, like actually physically describe the feeling. Okay, I'm feeling a bit nervous. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I could feel a knot in the middle of my stomach and it's tightening and it's tightening and it's tightening. It's making me feel really uncomfortable. I feel like I don't want to be here. I feel like I need to go sit by myself in a cool, in a cool room on the floor. You know, those sorts of things. So that I'm actually acknowledging the feeling. I'm leaning into the feeling. I'm not fighting against the feeling. And I'm allowing my body physically and psychologically to experience the feeling in its full force. And what that does for me is it actually allows the feeling to dissipate. Yeah. Once I've acknowledged it and I've given it the attention that it wants, it now starts to go, okay, you know what? That knot in my stomach is starting to loosen a little bit. You know, my traps are not as tight. Okay, I'm not really feeling as nervous anymore. Okay, I feel like I can be around people again. So it starts to really dissipate. Yeah. And if I have somebody who I feel like I can be vulnerable with, someone who I can trust, someone who's not going to judge me, I'll tell them about it as well. Yep. I'll say, you know what, I'm feeling imposter syndrome at the moment and this is how it's feeling, you know, sharing that, that feeling. That's a big one, yeah. With somebody who you can trust, who you can be vulnerable with is a big way of, of, uh, of getting it to dissipate. I think any, yeah, you know, obviously imposter syndrome is uncomfortable and, you know, can kind of be viewed as something to get away from. So it's like a, it's, a ne it's a negative feeling. Um, I think the thing with, you know, any thought or feeling is if you don't acknowledge it and, and sit with it and be with it, it's like a, it's like a little kid like tugging at your pants, mm. just like pay me attention, pay me attention, pay me attention. And like, think about it, but literally until you pay attention to that little kid, it will get louder and it'll throw a tantrum and it'll get just more crazy until you actually turn around and go like, dude, what do you want? Like, yeah. and then, and then the whole thing dissipates. So I think that's a good analogy to kind of think of like, you know, thoughts and feelings. And if, if you don't give them the attention there, um, you know, acknowledgement, it's not even attention. It's just acknowledgement. Yeah. If you don't give them the acknowledgement that um, they want, it, it just gets louder and more hectic. And it's all, it, it's counterintuitive because, you know, your your initial reaction to any any negative emotion is to fight against it. Mm. But what you actually need to do is lean into it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's 
it's fight or flight, right? Yeah. You know, hundred percent. And it's uncomfortable. Let me get the fuck away from it. I don't want to deal with this shit. Let me try and get back from you know experiencing negative to experiencing yeah. positive. And the harder you try and bridge that gap, the harder you try and fight against the negative, the stronger it gets. Well, because once upon a time we, we needed that. Yeah. It was a survive. It's a it's a survival thing that's in our in us yeah. that we needed once upon a time to get away from you know real threats. Yeah. You know, being chased by a bear. You know, not not actually having. Food that kind of thing um you know so it's it's in us but we don't really need it anymore but it still acts the exact same way yeah 100 percent. and then what i do is what you mentioned is i go fact finding or fact focusing i go and seek out the evidence that proves to myself that i'm not an imposter once i've experienced the emotion it dissipates now i can let my analytical mind over here go to work and go you know what I wasn't in the right place at the right time. Or maybe I was, but it was me who decided to take action. It was me who spotted the opportunity. It was me who put my ass on the line to go and pursue the path that everyone said I shouldn't pursue and is now reaping the rewards of that. It, you know, I go and look for the evidence that proves to myself that I do deserve to be here, that I have earned this shit, that I didn't get lucky. There's a lot more than luck that goes into it and there's nothing to expose. You know, there's nobody who's going to come and pull that curtain back or pull the rug from underneath me and expose who I truly am because this is who I truly am. Yeah. So that's when I go on that kind of fact-finding mission. Another thing that I do is, you know, on on in line with the fact-finding mission, but if, you know, I'm struggling, really struggling to, to you know, find the facts that support, you know, my achievements, um, again, I, I go to those who are either superiors or people who know me really well or, you know, yeah. if, it, if it's in career, I go to, you know, you, yeah. you know, or if it's in sport, I'll go to my coach and actually just, you know, just sit with them and get the feedback and, you know, get, get it from them, get it from them directly to kind of, you know, make me feel like, uh, you know, I am, I am worthy and deserving of, of where I am. Mm. Yeah. Cause 100%. sometimes you can't actually, you know, if you, if you're really in the storm of it, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, break out of that. So you, you, often if you just go to someone else and be like, look, I'm feeling like this, um, you know, that's often, uh, that's often the only cue that they need, you know, you know, a, well, coach, I'm feeling like, you know, I got, I got selected this week, but I don't, I don't feel like I should be here. Mm. And that's, that's the cue that, the, that they probably need to just be like, you know, Leah, like, what do you mean? You've been training your ass off this week. You've been standing yeah. out, doing this, doing that, doing that. And that instantly is going to make you feel better. Yeah. yeah. On that, from a, just to, just to flip to the, the um, experiencing imposter syndrome to helping people manage imposter syndrome from a manager's perspective, what do you suggest, you know, the, the, the listeners and the viewers who are in, responsible for people, right, um, and, and are in a position of authority, what do you suggest they do to help their team members or their staff members or their community, whoever it may be, deal with imposter syndrome? Encouragement, praise, uh, you know, just, just constantly reminding your team that they're doing a good job, you know, um, that alone, you know, I, I, I say that from, you know, sitting, you know, from a managerial point of view, but I also like say it with your friends and your family, like, you know, the more of that you can put out into the world, I think the more, uh, the less, you know, imposterism we're going to see, 
You know, if you praise praise your friends, you know, if, there's too many times I see you see it all the time on social media and stuff, people achieving stuff and, you know, no one's clapping for them. Yeah. Clap for your friends. That's probably why they're suffering from imposter syndrome because there's too many people sitting back, you know, not not celebrating their wins. Mm. So, you know, the more of that that goes around, the, the, the better it is for sort of combating this imposter syndrome that we're experiencing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's such a simple thing to do. Mm. And uh, so often we find it so difficult <laughs> for whatever reason is, you know, to celebrate wins. But, but even in particular is to give positive feedback. Yeah. You know, it's something that uh, from my position as, as a leader and as a manager, something that I've been a much more conscious of definitely in the last 12 months, I think, than I've ever been conscious of before. And I think particularly because I know how difficult the last 12 months has been, the last two years has been, is, you know, I've always been big and we've done a full podcast on this, on um, constructive criticism, right, is decoding criticism. And I've always been big on trying to be as uh, candid as I can with criticism, making sure it's constructive, making sure that I'm helping people level up by providing candid and constructive criticism. But something I've been much more conscious of, uh, as I mentioned over the last 12 months and, and really over the last two years, is making sure that I also take the time to provide positive feedback. You know what? Let me give you the constructive feedback over here. This is what you can do a little bit better. This is These are the gaps that I've acknowledged that I'm happy to help you fill. You know what? Great fucking job with this. Yep. You know what? You absolutely crushed that shit. You know, that task that I had for you to do, you went over and above really good work is just making sure that I'm, I'm giving both sides. I'm giving the, you know, you can improve here, but then I'm also giving you fucking crush this shit and you deserve to be recognized for that. You deserve yeah. to be celebrated for that win because that was fucking amazing. So, you know, I think it's really good advice. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's just a really good way of, of almost like um, uh, starving off mm. imposter syndrome before it even becomes yeah. a thing, Yeah, you know? Another thing that I discovered um, accidentally, actually, uh, and this was only a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to one of our new employees about um, just a bunch of stuff, actually, and sort of, you know, she asked me about it. was actually, I posted a photo of you and I was uh, in a South uniform, you know, for your birthday, actually. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you played for South. I was like, yeah, I played for South, won a championship, and then, you know, that kind of, and then she's like, oh, you don't play anymore. I'm like, oh, I actually went and went back to playing basketball. And she's like, what do you mean went back? And then, oh, well, I actually used to play basketball. And then, yeah. you know, oh, well, why did you stop there? Because oh, I, you know, toured around DJing and, you know, oh, and it just I literally kind of un unloaded like the whole life story Kentucky that I've got. Tiki tour of Leah. Tiki tour of Leah to her. And um, in doing that, I actually, you know, she and she actually said to me, she was like, wow, like you've, you've done a lot like you've 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 you know you you've got done a, some shit you got some you got some some stuff um and it, in you know that wasn't on purpose but in that I kind of went I kind of got a bit of um yeah just uh, sat a bit better with with the achievements and kind of went oh yeah like I probably you know even sitting in this podcast I'm like well do I deserve to be sitting here am I the right person to be giving you know advice and information to to all these listeners and you know yeah I was kind of like, well yeah I probably do have a lot of like a lot of experience to sort of draw from so you know it was it was um, an accident but you know I think actually talking about your achievements is a big one and people who are you know high achievers perfectionists um 
almost shy away from from any achievements, you know, that they don't talk about them, they don't celebrate them at all. You know, they'll get like a high distinction at uni and, and it'll, you know, just not even get mentioned in conversation. So I think um, in, in bringing that forward and actually, you know, putting it in, putting it into conversation, telling the people that are close to you or your friends or whatever, um, then you get that feedback, you know, you get that other person going like, wow, you must've worked really hard for that. That's really, that's really cool. You know, that's quite an achievement. Um, that sort of positive feedback that, you know, you're not going out and directly trying to get it, but you're going to get it if you sort of stop shying away from your achievements. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that one, isn't it? Because my, my immediate thought is that I don't want to be seen as somebody who toots their own horn. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm not saying go on, you know, toot your own horn yeah. or anything. Like it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a fine balance yeah. though, isn't it? Because that, like, as, as soon as you say that, like I a hundred percent get, you know, the conversation you had. And obviously I know about all of the shit that you've done in the Kentucky tour of Leah. <laughs> uh, and I know it's legit. Right. But, for like for me I'm like oh you know if I was kind of put in that situation and I do this a lot is I tend to just like talk down my shit because I don't want to be perceived as somebody who toots their own horn right you know I don't want to be perceived as someone who uh blows their own trumpet which is classic this is classic imposter syndrome this is like you know you think you're being modest um by saying things like oh you know I was just right place right time and you know I've had some good like good lucky streaks here and there it's, yeah. it's it, it initially sounds modest but what you're actually doing is you know uh, reinforcing solidif- the imposter syndrome <laughs> reinforcing yeah. the imposter syndrome so yeah look i'm not saying like you know get on a pedestal and you know toot your own horn uh, per se but i think you know um if you've achieved something that you're proud of, you know, it's talking about it with with people that are close to you or you know if someone asks you about it, don't shy away from it. Um that that's that's going to be important in overcoming the the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody needs to show other people how to win as well. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, uh, if you're not willing to share your successes, if you're not willing to share your accomplishments, uh, you could be kind of cutting other people short as well, you know, because that might inspire them uh, to go on to go and achieve certain things as well. I think that, you know, so much of that ties into the 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 two ways that i can think of you know we we've said once you're experiencing imposter syndrome how do you deal with it right so once it's come on you know we just gave the the practical strategic advice to deal with it what about what you can do beforehand to make sure that the chances of imposter syndrome taking hold are as slim as possible and the first one is celebrating your wins yeah, right is making one. sure that you take the time to go you know what I fucking crushed that. I, I earned that, right? My skills, my abilities, my work ethic, my grit, everything that went into that resulted in that success, resulted in that achievement. And I'm going to own that. I earned that shit. And really experiencing, you know, we talk about experiencing the full force of the negative emotion, uh, emotions associated with imposter syndrome. It's also about experiencing the positive emotions associated with winning. Right with with uh, you know happiness and joy and bliss and uh, satisfaction and fulfillment and all of the good shit that comes along with putting in the fucking work and getting a result. So that's a big one is is celebrating your successes. This one's big for me is avoiding comparison. Yes, 
Comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. Theodore Roosevelt. Nailed it. Is that right? Yes. Look at me. Go. Yeah, I love it. I, I do like that quote. And it is, reigns very true. Very true. For me, most of the times when I feel imposter syndrome coming on, especially in business, is when I'm comparing myself to someone else. Yeah. That's the trigger for me. I know it straight away. I can feel it in my bones. I start thinking about, you know what, this is where I'm at. This is where that person's at. Or, you know, a lot of the people that I look up to in business are older than me, you know, so they might be 10 years older than me, 15 years older than me, 20 years older than me. I'm like, when they were my age, mm. where were they at? Where am I at? Uh, what yeah, do I need one. to do in the next five, 10? Yeah. I do that all the fucking time. Like age is like this oh. construct that, yeah, yeah. That was my fucking head in. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but we, we, we do all it. do it. We all do it. Yeah, man. and that for me immediately, impossible syndrome yeah. straight away that's the trigger for me so i think uh firstly just being conscious and aware of that uh is knowing that if that comparison uh is not only a, the thief of joy but is also the catalyst for imposter syndrome is just to be really aware of when you're doing it and maybe try and pull yourself back for yeah. a second a lot of this just revolves around being a bit more self-aware to be honest yeah. you know yeah. yeah, a lot of dealing with negative emotions in general does, um, but imposter syndrome here uh, in, in particular. Mm. Look, imposter syndrome, not all bad, mm. you know, um, can be used a little bit as a, as a kind of a motivator. Mm. If you kind of, if, if, if you're acknowledging it and you're kind of getting, you know, I guess the, the, the opposite of it would be, yeah, I'm, I'm the shit. I don't need to try hard anymore because I'm at the top of my game. And, you know, so uh, yeah, it, it, Obviously, it, when it spirals out of control and, you know, it can be uh, – it can go a, a negative sort of way. But I think a little like a little bit of feeling, you know, a little bit of – it can be a bit motivating. Well, it's a good way of instilling humility, Yeah, I think, more than anything. You know, sometimes when – when I, you know, when I'm experiencing imposter syndrome, it's not nice and I, and, and I don't like it. And, you know, as much as I know I need to lean into it and I do lean into it, I don't enjoy the experience of leaning into it. Yeah. Um, but always after the fact, I'm, I always kind of find myself with just a little aftertaste of gratitude for it because I kind of go, you know what, I, I have a lot of confidence in myself, I'm generally a very optimistic person and, and I have a lot of self-belief. But I know from my life experience that too much of that uh, is definitely not a good thing. And so my kind of aftertaste of gratitude is the fact that it instills humility in me. Yeah. Is, you know what, this is a good thing because it actually allows me to remain 50.1% humble and 49.9% confidence. And it's just that 0.1% difference where the humility exceeds the confidence that is going to help me continue to get better. It's going to help me continue to level up. It's going to help me question every step along the way. You know what? Have I earned this or did I get lucky? Have I earned this? Did I get lucky? Well, you better fucking make sure you earn this shit, right? To stave off that imposter syndrome. So that's kind of, I guess, in in the the aftermath of leaning into those negative emotions, what I kind of take away from it. Yeah. Very good. I think that's it. 
Yeah, no, I think that's yeah, that's, uh, that's 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 a wrap. It's been a good ta- good talk. Yeah. yeah, I hope that uh, that you guys obviously have enjoyed listening to this episode, but I hope that you can take some of the uh, the practical and strategic advice if you are currently experiencing imposter syndrome, or if you have recently, or if you do recently. Two out of three people, man. It's you know yeah. you're not alone. Yeah, hundred. Well, and that's you know if there's one thing you take away from it, that's got to be it. Is that you're not alone. I experience it. Leah experiences it. Two out of three of you listening have experienced it at some point or will in the future. Um, but, you know, I hope that you guys can take this this practical and strategic advice and apply it. And I hope that it really helps uh, helps you deal with imposter syndrome when it uh, when it does pop up. When it does from, rear its uh, from, ugly head. From time to time. Guys, as always, if you have enjoyed the show, if you've had a laugh, if you've uh, if it's made your drive to work go faster or your walk of the dog go quicker than it normally would or your cardio session go faster, if you've been climbing the devil's staircase, uh, the one thing we ask in return is that you do share the show person to person. Uh, you know, give us a little shout out, Fitness Times Business Podcast. Take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram story, uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, it doesn't matter. Tag myself at Joseph Medzel, tag Leah at Leah Medzel. We like to reshare as many of those as possible. Um, you know, and I think that this is one episode that if you do take the 7.3 seconds that it takes to take that screenshot, post and tag, uh, you know, you may reach one person two people, three people who uh, can really get some some really valuable information out of this episode that's going to help them deal with imposter syndrome. Great. Leah, thank you very much. Thanks, Joseph. Guys, you could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you enjoyed this episode and took some value from it, make sure you share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And if you haven't yet, be sure to leave us a five-star rating.